The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Nancy Allspot Jackson. And I'm Shannon Penrod. And you look so beautiful today, Nancy. Thank you, Shannon. I you look amazing. That. You Thank were, you very much. I, I feel uh, beneath you. No, you are <laughs> I feel not. unworthy. I feel unworthy. But I'm so excited to be here with you today. We've got an amazing show. Uh, and I'm excited for our two guests that are going to be with us and everything that we're going to talk about beforehand. Yes, um, we have two wonderful co-authors with us, and we're going to be talking about their books. Yes, and I have been miss uh, saying the name of the books all week long. I've been saying autism and anxiety, but it's autism and depression. But there's a reason why I've been miss saying it wrong, because we always talk about, and, and Dr. Doreen always says here on the show, that depression and anxiety right together, right? Right. Um, so I think this is a really important topic that we need to talk about. And then their newer book, Awkward, The Social Do's and Don'ts of Being a Young, and, young Adult. Um, so could, could they, there be two better books to talk about today? Really excited to be talking with uh, the authors of both of those books. Um, thrilled that they're going to be joining us in just a few minutes. But before we get to all of that... 
We have a lot of things that we want to go through. We want to remind everybody that the show is premiering live right now, that those of you who are watching live, the show was pre-recorded yesterday, last night, in fact. Um, but the show we're watching, I'm watching live with you, and you can still participate live, answering, uh, asking questions in the chat right now. And I'll be answering the questions in the chat. So feel the very freest to do that and participate with us. Uh, so we hear a barking dog. Sorry about that. Mine's going to start any second. We just had somebody with a leaf blower. We we've already started moving into the studio and doing live shows from the studio, but for various and sundry reasons, I needed to be back home this week. And it's so funny that I got, you know, we were home for so long and then I've been doing stuff from the studio, Nancy, and it is so weird to be back home and dealing with all the things back home, uh, like barking dogs, like people with leaf blowers, like all of those, those things that are going on. And we've lost Nancy to the dog, but that, but this is how, this is where we've been for two years, right? Right. So, you probably have a leaf blower at your house too. Now. I don't know what's going on, but the comet is having a ball. Well, you know, it happens, and we forge on, right? Uh, it's all good. And soon, uh, Dakota will set off my dog, and then it will just be let's talk about dogs barking, <laughs> and that will be okay too. Uh, but Nancy, before we get into even in the news, we always like to kick the show off by featuring a little why art. Right. And what have we got today? Oh, isn't that precious? So for people who haven't watched, tell, tell them a little bit about what we're looking at. We're looking at my son Wyatt's art. Uh, this is a commissioned painting, commissioned from a photograph. And it's of a little dog named Bailey, who's just too cute to be believed. Yeah. yeah. And so, And so when you say commissioned art, talk a little bit about that process. Uh, people write to me, usually after looking at his Facebook and Instagram pages, there's his Facebook address, Why Art Autism. And uh, they write to me and see if he can commission from a photograph a portrait of their pet. Sometimes people buy things that are already on his Facebook page that he's already painted, or they request a commission, which he takes. This was a commission. And I and I love this, that people from all over the world are sending you pictures of their favorite pet, whether it's a gift for themselves or for a loved one. Right. And 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 he does these beautiful rep representations of these animals. And he's even done a wonderful portrait um, of, of a good friend of yours, somebody that I love too. I don't know why I was making it just about you. He did a beautiful portrait. So he does people as well. Yes, he does. He does people as well. He does landscapes, people, oh, yes. pets, all kinds of things. Do you know what I think is, is so fun? There was a trend many years ago where people would have someone paint a picture of your childhood home. And I, that's something that I think that people would really love because his landscapes are beautiful too. He does. Oh, beautiful that's a good idea. Right. He also, he also loves to paint cows. Uh, and the cows Oh, the cows are just absolutely amazing. I've I've requested a cowlander, right? And uh, <laughs> so that we can have all the cows in one place. Um, but is do we have others that we want to look at this week? That's or it today. I did this one last week. Amazing. Well, he's so talented. If you uh, want to know more, obviously we have the his social media things there as well, and. 
Wyatt's art was featured in one of our stories from the spectrum that was just, uh, it was from the, the one from two months ago. Mm-hmm. And if you go to stories from the spectrum, episode one, it's the very first story. You can watch Wyatt at work and see some of his work. And, and your, son, your son, Jem, produced and directed that segment, which he yes. did an amazing job. Uh, all on his baby own, which was amazing to me because, you know, um, I think sometimes as parents, Nancy, I, I'm sure that you have felt this way with Wyatt's art where you give him a canvas and you don't know what's going to happen on it. Right. But at this point, he's done enough things that you know it's going to be good. He's talented. There's no denying it now. And my son has done some video video work, but, you know, I, I, I was very hopeful and I was like, you know, you, you decide, you go shoot whatever you want, you decide how you want to edit it. But I was amazed at what he did. I felt like it was a really beautiful love letter to what Wyatt does. It was. And I was impressed. a place of friendship because they yeah. knew each other for many, many years. I, I thought it was really lovely. So definitely go check that out. You can, and my son narrates it. And, um, and you can see Wyatt at work doing, because he not only does these portraits and, and, um, the landscapes, but he also does, I don't, I would call it a color study, but it's not, I don't, I don't have the right art term for it, Nancy. It's modern art, um, that he does that, that you call the eco art, right? Yeah. Echo art. Uh-huh. Echo art. Echo art. And, um, because he does them on all the, on the packing materials. Recycled cartons, packing materials, wine cartons, egg cartons, Starbucks cartons. Yeah. It just does amazing stuff. And it just, it's kind of, and, uh, my son sort of shows him working and, and the focus and the time and the care and the consideration that why it does. But then when he finally lifts it up, everybody that I've watched, watch it does the same thing. When he finally lifts up to show uh-huh. the finished carton, everybody goes, Oh, it's just stunning. Just stunning. And, and he's very prolific. He paints every single day. Yes. So there is artwork to be purchased uh, if people are interested. So thank you for sharing us why art this week. Uh, Should we jump into the news? Yes. Well, let's let's go to the first story. And this was a story that you specifically had uh, thrown into the mix this week, Nancy. And tell us a little bit about it and why you wanted to talk about this. Well, I saw this on Facebook and it's taken from a blog by Carrie Cariello. Yeah. And then the title of it is Forever Mother, Not Helicopter Mother. And it's in response to a comment she received um, on when she posted on a website about being a forever mother. Um, the kind of mother who is going to spend the rest of her life taking care of her son. Yeah, because if, if, if memory serves, Nancy, the comment was something like, I, I'm going to paraphrase here, but basically the person was very dismissive and said, you need to stop doing so much for your kid. And t- your, your job as a parent is to have your kids be independent of you, exactly. uh, which, which felt very comment. shaming. That it was shaming, saying, you mean helicopter mom, let your son grow up, become a functioning adult. This is a mom who plans on doing everything for her child. My kids do not need me. That is the goal of parenthood. Well, they kind of missed the point because Carrie was talking about the fact that her son, who I imagine is 
either, you know, I hate to put labels on it, but maybe moderate to low functioning, something in that area, he'll always need support. Yeah. And it resonated with me because I'm in the same situation. My son is always going to need support. Um, And whether he lives with me or lives with someone else, he's going to need somebody to help him navigate um, you know, medical care, financial care, um, and many other things. So, um, anyway, she, she talks about being the difference between being a helicopter mom and a forever mom. And she says, this is not a choice. Yeah. Uh, nothing about this is a choice from obtaining guardianship to researching post high school programs to managing medication autism made the choice for us. Yeah. So I, I had never heard this term forever, mom, but I consider myself one of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers might be in the same boat. Yeah. I think it's a really difficult thing because, you know, we certainly talk about a lot of different things on the show here having to do with being a parent and it's kind of hard to know. And there are different phases that people are in. I think when our kids are little, we're all still in the phase where we're hopeful and we're trying, we're, we're all hoping for that best outcome. And right. that best, that best outcome for all of us is that our, that our child is able to do everything eventually by themselves. Right. And with ease and be happy while they're doing all of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we all long for. But along the way, there are certain gates that we go through that where I I think the the road starts to diverge. And and to me, it feels a little bit like a tree and it's, and it's like you lose people along the way. And, and I, I know because you've been such a good friend, Nancy, and we've talked through so many things. Um, I know what it's felt like from my side of it, and you shared some of, but I'm sure not all of what it's like for your side. I know what it's felt like when people have gone on to do things that my son wasn't capable of, but most of the things he's been able to do eventually, maybe just a little bit later. And and I and I hear from so many parents about how devastating it is, especially this time of year when kids are graduating and announcing what college they're going to go to. And for the parents who are like, that's not my story. Right. And then to be told, well, you should stop being a helicopter parent. It's so insensitive. Yes, it is. And it's, and it really goes to the heart and the core of perspective taking that mm-hmm. just because something is for you doesn't mean that it is for someone else. It's hard right. though. It's, it's hard sometimes because we are in the middle of our own experience to remember that may not be the experience for someone else. Um, and, and this concept of being a forever mother, knowing that the, I think the acceptance that comes with when parents go, okay, my child's a certain age, we're not stopping developing, we're not stopping learning, but we're accepting the fact that we are going to need support forever. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm, Wyatt is still in ABA therapy. We still do a specific diet. Uh, We've given up on a lot of the biomedical interventions that we used to do from the time he was three until he reached, say, maybe 14 or 15. But uh, there comes a certain reality in life 
that you need to accept. Yeah. And um, that's why that's I hard to think about this. That's hard. That's hard. I can't even begin to imagine how hard. And it's a topic that we need to be spending more time on because there are more and more parents that are coming to terms with that. Yeah. And so I did appreciate this article. I think this mom is, well, obviously she's got a huge following, um, very eloquent. We should reach out to her, Nancy. We should invite yeah. her to be on the show. I think it'd be great to have her on. I really enjoyed her blog. Me too. And I read a couple of her other blogs. I really enjoyed them. Right. Um, but moving on, um, our next story, I, I want to say that in the title of this story, there's some incendiary language that will offend some of you. And, and I'm going to ask you to bear with me because there's more in the story than is in the title. But you know that sometimes the people who make the titles for these are not the people who write the articles. You're talking about the C word, right? Yes, the C word. Um, this is a word that we don't use in conjunction with autism on the show, but it is the title of this article, A Potential Cure for Autism. And this is an article that's about new research having to do with gene therapy um, to treat a very specific syndrome that goes hand in hand with autism. It's Pitt-Hopkins yeah. syndrome. Pitt so, Hopkins, yeah, yeah, which is, a, the, it, it is, as you said, Shannon, a form of autism. But I, but I do want to say that in the article, there is no, I did not see any mention of the word cure. I saw abatement of symptoms. Right. Um, I did not see the word cure, but but they put things in titles so that they can get more eyeballs to look at it. I apologize, but I felt like I felt like it was an important story to cover because of what they're talking about. And what they're talking about is the use of psilocybin. And I had to look that up because I was like, why does that? And I feel like we covered a story about this not not too long ago. Um, but I don't think it was on this show, Nancy. It might have been with Dr. Grand Pichet. Um, but were you familiar with what psilocybin was before yes. this article? Yes, yeah, I'm familiar with psilocybin. Okay, talk a little bit about that. Psilocybin is a psychotropic, is that what it'd be called? A psychedelic. Psych psychedelic drug. It's mushrooms. What? It's mushrooms. It's a very specific, yes. it's derived from a very specific right. type of mushrooms. Right. So, uh, they're, they're saying that it might be useful in treating uh, autism spectrum disorders. In particular, Pitt Hopkins. Yes. Now, that's not all types of autism. It's a very specific gene um, expression that creates Pitt Hopkins. Um, but they are saying that in their animal models that they feel that there is some hope that there would be some abatement of some of the issues that go hand in hand with autism. Um, right. Yes, it could restore normal TCFG expression, uh, whatever that is. So, <laughs> right. Gene, right. A gene expression. Um, but that in the process of doing that, that there are aspects of autism having to do with things like short-term memory or gastrointestinal issues that could be reversed. So I don't want people to think that this is just something about like some mythical, let's achieve normal and it creates eye contact. It isn't. It's about helping to um, improve overall health and... Um, you know, potentially uh, have gut work better. Um, so 
you know, I thought it was worthwhile at least talking about, but again, apologies for the title. And then our last story today, unless you wanted to add anything else about that, Nancy. No, that's that's fine. But our last story today, I found this really um, interesting as well, that, um, and, and that was just for us uh, to be able to look at uh, uh, the psilocybin um but um, but in any case, uh, our last story is about Autism One, which was a very popular conference when our kids were just being diagnosed. Yes, you know, I so went to many Autism One conferences. And I never got to one, but I covered them on the radio show that I used to do before. Mm-hmm. I would always hook up with a mom who was going and she would, you know, whoever it was would go to different talks and things. And then they would come on the radio show and talk about it afterwards. So I always felt like I was there. But um and I that is did. very, we might say that that conference is really focuses on all things biomedical. Well, and from what, from what I read in this article, it, it sounds like that they're really going to be talking about everything, mm-hmm. everything that's working, um, at, including um, behavioral techniques and, and the such. Because it, I agree with you that for the longest time, it was really what you thought of if you were thinking about biomedical and some of the more cutting edge things. Sometimes there were things that were very controversial um, that Autism One would cover and people got very, uh, you know, upset from time to time about, you know, is it this or is it that? Um, but now they're doing this new conference that it always used to take place in Chicago. And this one is going to take place in Arizona. Right. And August happening this August. Yeah. yeah, it starts on August 18th, Thursday, August 18th, and it runs through Sunday, August 21st, as you said, in Mesa, Arizona, Sharon. And look, even in the title here, they're saying that they're going to talk about health, rights, housing, um, everything under the sun uh, about uh, adulthood. Um, so I think it'll be really interesting. I also found it fascinating that they went through a little bit of the history in this article uh, it, it was in, I found it in finance, which I found wow. funny. Like, I don't know why it was in finance, but uh, I found it in Yahoo Finance. Okay. Um, and they did a whole, there's a whole section in there where it talks about the roots of it and Edaranga and um, stuff that I did not know. So I just found that a little bit interesting. But for those of you who they've not been doing a conference the last few years, especially during the pandemic, um, but they're coming back with their conference. So if you're interested in that, you can find it in finance at Yahoo this week. This week. Uh, uh, so for this week. But we, as I said at the start of the show, we've got two amazing guests that are joining us that are authors of some pretty impressive books. One of them that's new. Do you want to do the intros here, Nancy? Sure. I'll intro our two guests. We have, we'll start with Carlos Torres. Uh, Carlos is a published author, coach, and program director for a young adult program. Uh, He creates curriculum and designs groups to develop social skills, vocational skills, leisure, and relationship skills. Um, He also coaches special needs sports teams for the Miracle League of Wisconsin. Um, He has a degree in special education, and um, he is the co-author of this book, along with Catherine Saint, who is a PhD, LPC, and a BCBA. Catherine has her doctorate in behavior analysis and is a licensed professional counselor 
She presents locally and internationally on topics related to autism. Uh, she has a private practice in mental health counseling, um, is the director of training at Fox Valley Autism Pro Treatment Program in Appleton, Wisconsin. So we're very excited to have them here, and we're going to be talking about their books, Autism and Depression, and Awkward, The Social Do's and Don'ts of Being a Young Adult. Welcome to the show, Carlos and Catherine. Hi, thanks hey, for thanks. having us. Thanks for having us, guys. We're so excited to have you. And thank you because we had, had you scheduled to be on a, like a month ago, and then we had to reschedule you. So thank you for, for being so willing to be rescheduled. Uh, but I, I think, first of all, we should talk about both of these books uh, just a little bit and give us give us a little description, if you would, of, of each of the books. Sure, I can kick it off and start with the awkward book, Awkward, the Social Do's and Don'ts of Being a Young Adult. Um, this one, I was working with younger adults, teenage clients, and there was a lot of stuff going on where social scenarios were not being understood, or um, one of my clients specifically said, well, why should I, um, in a certain circumstance, for socially with their friends? Um, and it just brought uh, sprung an idea that this client isn't picking up exactly on why it's appropriate to do this socially because he wants to fit in. And it was just a question to help him do that. Um, so in this book, we break down certain scenarios with, these are the typical do's, these are the typical don'ts um, with visuals to kind of show some, some scenarios that happen as well. Um, we break down with role-playing scenarios, discussion questions. And then one thing that I think is forgot a lot of times is that self-evaluation piece. So they're able to, whether it's prompted with help, with family, therapist, whatever, or themselves being able to self-evaluate, like, where are they now? Do they gauge and have a better understanding so that they can improve and be more successful in their everyday life? We were really hoping with this book that it'd be super easy. They could quick grab it, like, okay, I'm going over to my friend's house. What are some things I should keep in mind so that I don't offend anyone or so that it goes smoothly? Um, so we wanted it to just be super user-friendly, written in relatable language. So it's a pretty casual book. Wonderful. And should we talk about this one first and then talk about the other one in total? Maybe we sure. should do that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested in that. You were saying the, the self-evaluation piece. Talk to us a little bit about that and why that's important. So if we're working on shaping social skills, but there's zero awareness around that you're doing that or that that's something that is impacting your relationships, it's really hard to change. So really that first step is just bringing awareness to, okay, what behaviors do I need to be mindful of? What behaviors are really impacting my environment in a way that I like or in a way that I don't like? so that I can be aware of the consequences or how I want to change. Um, so part of that awareness is just identifying, okay, what are we going to work on first? What are the most powerful behaviors that are really going to help you and really going to help you access more meaningful relationships or help you avoid some situations that are causing you pain, different things like that. Another thing, too, that comes up with it is that we all do this in social situations, right? Yeah. We meet someone new when we leave that situation. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I sounded so awkward or that really went well. I think I'm going to hang out with them again or I enjoyed them. They must have enjoyed me. They asked for my phone number. So we all do this self-evaluation in these social situations as well. It's just having a, an opportunity for them to be able to break it down and kind of give themselves a ranking system, something that is more black and white and visual. 
um, just to try to address all the learning styles that we can. Mm -hmm. And the book is written in a very visual fashion, isn't it? That's yes. right. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. We have examples of, of good body language and different things like that that are going to be helpful in social situations. And then examples of body language in different environments that are going to be hurtful. So, you know, really messy houses, for example, is one visual where somebody invites their friends over, but their house is really dirty. So it shows some facial expressions that might be on the guest's face and different things like that to just kind of help bring awareness to these are some reactions that could happen. So um, just helping if, if somebody is more visual, sometimes those pictures are really going to stick with them versus the words written in a list might not stick as good. So. And what age and what, what, what skill set um, should somebody have to be able to do this? Is this a book that is okay for a 12 year old? And, and what, what, I, I don't know. I'm mincing my words here because I hate having to say, you know, what level are they at? But, but what kinds of skills do you have to have for this to be something that's potentially useful to you? The book, because we all know we want to have friends, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's perfect for anyone that's looking to have that sustainable relationship independently um, without 100% prompting from a parent, a therapist, a guardian, whoever it may be. Um, someone that's looking to take that next step from, I'm feeling a little unsure in these situations. What's the way that we can boost my confidence, boost my skill set in this way? So that I can have the ultimate success and be accepted by peers, accepted in friend circles, um, whatever it may be. Um, the intent was to write it for um, high school age and all the way up to adults. Um, but there have been clients of mine that have used it age 10, age 12, um, with some of the concepts being more explained thoroughly with therapists or parents and things like that to kind of prompt the learning at that situation. There's certain topics in the book that would really apply to most ages where there's other vocational specific topics that would really only apply to older populations. I, I'm saying all this week, I, you know, I feel like I need this book. I feel like social things have changed so much in the last 10 years and then put the pandemic on top of it. And then uh -huh. I'm in situations sometimes where I'm like, I don't know what the proper thing is to do here. I don't know how to react. Sometimes I don't understand the language. For heaven's sake, Traven, our, our uh, producer, sent me a text message yesterday and and I and it had one of those three letter things and it was SMH shaking my head I didn't know like I need a I, I need somebody to walk with me to explain these things to me it's a tough landscape don't you think for anyone absolutely yeah we uh when writing this my mom actually took a peek at it and she's like oh I could use this too so it's really funny <laughs> right. yeah social media has changed so much about the mm -hmm. landscape hasn't it Absolutely. Yes. So you know, I think we could all use a guide. I feel like there's so many situations that social skills are gray. You know, it's not black and white what to do. So there's many situations where I'm like, oh, I was just so awkward. I wish I would have navigated that difference or, you know. But, it, but if it's so awkward, taking your word, I think sometimes we avoid it. But you guys suggest that we should not. Why is it important that we not avoid this? This is so critical. Our fear will grow. Our anxiety will grow. You mentioned that earlier in this episode already about anxiety. 
when we avoid things that feeds our anxiety and that makes it worse. So when we work on that exposure in a safe environment, we can train our brains that it's okay, it's safe, it's not as bad as I feared, so that we don't have that big fear reaction every time we're in that situation. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, when we really get down to it, when we talk as parents, and Nancy, you and I have had this conversation before, at the end of the day, what we want is for our kids to be happy and to feel like they belong and to have friends, to have, to have people around them that we know care about them, right? Right. And, and, and yet, I think that a lot of us, myself included, we become a little paralyzed when trying to work on social skills with our kids because we're afraid that we don't know what to do. We're afraid that they won't know what to do. We're afraid they're going to get their feelings hurt. So we do that avoiding that you were talking about. But now now there's a book. I think this would be a great gift for, for anybody that's graduating from middle school or high school, anyone, whether they're on the spectrum or not. But where can we get it? Amazon um, is an easy way to get it. You can get it there. Otherwise, bookstores have it. Uh, our publisher is Future Horizons. So anywhere Which I kind of love. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love Future Horizons. It's no uh, no secret. Um, but uh, I, I really think what a great, great topic that we can all use. But there is, a, there is you have another book out yes. that I've been misnaming all week long as I've teased it to everybody. I've said the, the autism and anxiety book. It's not at all. Tell us what this book is. Sure. So this book was written due to the high numbers of people diagnosed with both autism and depression. Um, so that number, especially with the older population, is extremely high. And where people run into trouble is they will often go to counselors to seek help for depression, but the counselor will not have experience with autism. And so they'll refer out and they'll say, I'm sorry, I'm not qualified to treat you. So I'm going to need to refer you to someone who has experience with autism. And so then what happens in a lot of cases is they can't find anyone. And so they end up not getting treatment at all. So we were seeing this uh, with our clients and we were having people reach out to us that lived really far away that couldn't come and do in-person therapy with us. And so we wanted to be able to offer something that we could say like, hey, I know you don't have a provider in your area, but here's a book that you can take and you can do this either by yourself, with a parent, with a therapist, with a friend. You know, you can walk through this workbook and hopefully gain some skills, gain some awareness, and really have some tools to fight that depression. Yeah, the main thing that we really pushed for, like Katie said, was like the workbook mentality, um, work through it. That way it's your feelings that is going on rather than just stating possible feelings. Um, we really try to get it individualized and kind of create almost a web of these are the choices that you can make from there to be successful in this situation. These are ways that you can boost your self-esteem to have that confidence to go into a new situation and really be successful. Um, when you have these negative thoughts, what are ways that you can do it? And you know, in some situations, there might need to be a support person there to help out with these things or to remind them of the values that they're working towards in some of these uncomfortable situations. It sounds like the books almost work in tandem. Absolutely. Yep. You know, you hit it on the head when you said earlier that people have that fear of I don't want to put myself in this situation because I don't know how to navigate it. I don't have the confidence. 
But sometimes that ends up to be circular because then people avoid things, but then they feel isolated and alone. You know, so you have this catch-22 of I'm safe in my comfort zone, but if I stay there, I struggle to find meaning and purpose in my life. I struggle to find friendships and I struggle to find connection with people. You know, so figuring out how to work through those emotions of I'm terrified to go talk to that person, but I know I need to because I need friendships to feel less alone. And, you know, so just giving people tools to work through that so they can live a life that they feel good about and that they find meaning in. Yeah. And one thing that we stressed, Katie kind of said it as well, is like passion and purpose. Uh, So have a passion, whether it's some of your leisure activities. And your purpose, whether that is volunteering with somebody with support or not, or whether that's working independently somewhere for a few hours a week or working full time. You know, I'm not here to define that for anybody, but as long as you have that, that's going to lead to more of that successful life and something that you can work towards. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I stress, stress with all my clients is that we all have goals, no matter if you're two years old, no matter if you're 102 years old. Uh, we're always working towards something, whether it's beating a level in a video game or creating new artwork, whatever it is that, you know, there's something that you're working towards in a common goal. And I think having that transparency while working with some of these individuals is super important. That way they see, oh yeah, Carlos mm-hmm. is working on that too. We've got something in common. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this was also but, uh, geared towards, uh, as you say, young, young adults, but also teens and maybe even preteens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, great. And I'm wondering from you guys, I I think we've all known that autism and depression uh, were two things that went hand in hand a lot. But I'm wondering if you're seeing that there's just so much more because of the pandemic um, and coming out of the pandemic. It seems to me, it feels like there were some people in our population that, that being in isolation was almost a relief Mm-hmm. And then the, the now the coming out of the pandemic is just so hard. And then, then there's a whole other group of people that were just devastated by the isolation of the pandemic. And it feels very damaging what has happened to them over the last two years. Maybe talk a little bit about that and how the book might help if families are going through any of that. Absolutely. No, when we look at the stats on what the pandemic did to people's mental health, it's horrible. Even suicide rates are higher. So it's really had a negative impact on everyone. You know, so we've seen uh, with the populations that we work with, some extremes of people have been isolated for a year or two, and they've lost some skills. So now when they're going out in public, their anxiety is way higher because they haven't been exposed to this in a long time. And they, they've lost some of the skills that they used to have to navigate that. So and some of that self-confidence as well. Absolutely. So they're relearning how to do that. And a lot of times then they are wanting to avoid it. People who had employment before no longer have the confidence to get employment again. And so there's a lot of rebuilding that's having to happen with a lot of the people that we work with. With the individuals we worked with, a lot of, you know, we were shut down for a while and we were trying to keep everything going, right, for the best interest of our clients. Um, we didn't have physical groups or that we got together, whether it was sports groups or board game groups or just social skills, learning groups. Um, so we kind of took the bull by the horns and did this whole virtual stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we made a virtual exercise group working on, 
you know, doing push-ups, sit-ups, all body weight stuff where we could all do something active and moving since we're not moving out of the house. Um, we got different virtual games that we played together, uh, things like that. So we could still keep that social connection alive because um, that's a super important thing, right? Having a network, having a safe, reliable group that you can call yours that has your back and you have their back. So we tried to maintain that for a lot of our clients. And it's really cool to the point where a lot of our clients are hanging out on the weekends independently, going over to each other's mm -hmm. house, ordering pizza, watching the game, like mm -hmm. all that kind of cool stuff. So just really pushing those kind of things with their own interests. It's, it's Absolutely. And we so went, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I was just gonna say, we've had a group chat running with our clients as well that goes 24 seven almost, um, you know, where they're able to just share about life. You know, sometimes it's really silly, like, hey, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? And, you know, everybody chimes in. Other times it's more serious and people are like, hey, I'm having a really bad day. I'm struggling. And then the whole group comes together and offers support. You know, so that that community has been a really big part of fighting depression and anxiety and, and working on their mental health together. So tell us what you're working on next. You seem to have a great partnership going here. Well, we love to provide different resources for there's so many people out there that can't access service and you know the need is great so we also have another assessment out called the star assessment and so this is written for young adults as well and we have five different categories actually i'll let you explain it um, yeah, it was based off of the idea i got was actually from a video game right so when you're playing and you make a character their stats, you're building their stats and whatnot. So it's in the shape of a star for five main categories being daily living skills, social skills, vocational, emotional, and one that's forgotten about a lot is leisure skills. That stuff you can do independently at home, staying out of trouble. Um, so as you progress the, the core skills, you start in the beginning and kind of spread out towards the tips of those stars, being those five major points, um, assessing different prompt levels. If you're able to do it independently, with verbal prompts that don't hinder progress. And then if you can't do that skill at all, that way you're really targeting, like there would be red skills as we call them in there, that you're working on that skill acquisition and you're furthering you know, your advancement that way towards the tip of the star. So you're trying to level up. You got That's it. Right. right. So this is a great resource for any parent, regardless of if there's a diagnosis or not. Um, you can take this assessment either online or we have a hard copy that you can get on Amazon where um, you can just assess there's 252 questions and you can just see where your child is at or where you are at i did not score a perfect score on this assessment for the record i've got a few things to learn um, but it can be really helpful because as a parent myself i've had blind areas where i've just been doing things for my child where i'm like oh i guess this is something that he is capable of and it would help him for me to let him work on this, you know? And so it's just been helpful for, for kind of creating goals. And in the back of the book, we have a program sheet for every single goal that describes what the purpose of it, of it is and just some ideas for how you can work on it or what some sub goals would be to help get you there. Okay, so is this book out already and, and the assessment is out or the whole thing is out? So we have the book out. It can be purchased on Amazon and then we have a website, thestarassessment.com. 
Uh, we are working on getting research published on it as well. Uh, so that is in the process right now, which is not complete yet. What is the name of the book? The Star Assessment. The Star Assessment. So people mm -hmm. think that's available right now for people yep. to order online. Absolutely. I, what a great thing. I didn't know about that. And what a great thing. I always say, you know, when you go to the mall, there's a map and you go to the map and it says you are here and then you can chart a course. Well, I want to get to Macy's. So I'm here. How do I get to Macy's from here? And, and when my son was diagnosed with autism and Nancy, you can speak if it was the same thing for you. But I was like, where am I? And where am I trying to get to? And can we chart a course? And nobody would even tell me where I was. I, at the time, that we didn't have the levels. And I don't think anybody explains the levels to parents really well now because parents always show up and they show up and say one number and it's two numbers, right? Mm -hmm. but, but I remember saying, well, so where are we on the continuum? So he's on the spectrum of autism. Where are we? Nobody could tell me uh, in the beginning, in the early days. And I, I was like, well, what are his strengths? What are his weaknesses? Nobody could tell me. So what a, what an amazing thing that they could go and see, like on the map at the mall, you are here because then you can chart a course. And if you know, years later, somebody said to me, because as a teacher, what I understood was that they said, well, if somebody's um, receptive language is stronger than their expressive, then you would teach this way. Whereas if it was the other way, you would teach a different way. That made total sense to me, but I was like, why has nobody told me where my son is on, on all these different levels? I wanted to know. So that's pretty exciting. And, and they can get that assessment, the STAR. The STAR website. assessment is what it's called. And then the website is thestarassessment.com. Okay. The other thing that we offer is we have a Teachers Pay Teachers account that we created after doing a few public speaking events where people wanted just different pieces of our books. They didn't necessarily need the whole book. Um, so they wanted maybe just handouts, different things like that. So on our Teachers Pay Teachers account, we have just individual handouts for perspective taking or for we run a healthy relationships class together and so we have some curriculum for that on working on different relationship issues and things like that that are just really easy like sometimes they're one page things sometimes we have bigger activities that are are you know more of a, a larger pdf that you would purchase but those are just quick resources for people if they're looking for something they can just grab and go yeah for example some of the two bigger lessons that we have is one is like building conversation and language um so there's three parts to language and conversation there's that communication verbal piece the non-verbals and then your like tone of voice um so breaking it down and how you really do those three in three different columns where you can almost map out different conversations and how to address those um, as well as one that we're just creating now is we are going through for our young adults again and making a budget simulation for a month. So kind of taking what someone's making um, for a job, for their, how much they're bringing in, what are taxes, what are bills, what are all those things that are going to be coming up for someone that's looking to move out to be as independent as possible. Mm -hmm. And where can people sure. get these? Where yeah. can they access these? So our Teachers Pay Teachers account is called Mind, Body, and Success. So when you go to Teachers Pay Teachers, if you search that, it comes right up. We may have some viewers who aren't teachers and so they don't know about that particular site. Maybe tell them a little bit about what they'll find on Teachers Pay Teachers. 
Sure. It's a really cool site. I don't know how long it's been out around, but basically there's a lot of creative people in the world who have made things. And this website is basically a host for teachers, counselors. Um, I think there's other professions on there as well that they sell products for, um, but there's just a ton of different resources. It's kind of like Etsy for teachers, right? Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. So you yeah. can just get lost looking at countless yeah. really cool things on there. So we would create all these lessons and worksheets and whatnot for, for some of our groups. And we decided we might as well share them with everybody and give people the opportunity to use some of these things since it's been really cool success or really cool stories that we've had with some of our clients and things that just clicked, which has been fantastic to see. For sure. In the state of Wisconsin right now, the wait list for people needing services is in the thousands. Hmm. You know, so we just feel passionate about getting more resources out there. There's tons of parents desperate for, I just want something to help my child. And, and so we're trying to put resources out there to help people. And, you know, there's a, there's not that many services for young adults. So right. that's kind of big um, part of our focus is trying to get more resources in that area as well. And there's the website for everyone. Traven just put it up. Uh, this is great that you're empowering uh, parents and individuals to uh, be able to do some of these things themselves. And let's take just a minute for you to talk a little bit about these are great resources for any of us that are anywhere really in the world, but you also are a great resource for people local to you. So if somebody does live in Appleton, Wisconsin, where, where do they need to go if they're like, oh, I got to have more of these people? They're my neighbors. Well, if you are local, you can go to our website, foxvalleyautism.com. And you can reach out there. Otherwise, you're welcome to email us. Um, my direct email is ksaint at foxvalleyautism.com. And mine is ctorres at foxvalleyautism.com. And we, you know, it's crazy because Wisconsin is a big state. I don't mean to act like it's a, a, a small state, but some, we have a viewer who has been with us forever uh, who's very prolific and writes a great deal. And we think very highly of him. And so I'm wondering if you guys know him, which is crazy, right? But are you familiar with Mike Kippel? Yes. Yeah. Mike appeared on our show and he's uh, a, a viewer that we really appreciate and is a great advocate mm -hmm. for assistive technology is, yeah. is always speaking out about how important it is for parents to make sure that they give everyone the ability to communicate because Mike himself was not given assistive technology until when he was older. And, and he says, I always say to people, if you're, if you're hemming and hawing about if your child is not able to communicate and they've said you need to start working on assistive technology and you're really dragging your feet on it, first of all, understand the studies which show that they're more likely to get to verbal communication if they have a means to communicate, but then talk to Mike and Mike will start throwing things and saying how important it is that you give your child the ability to communicate and how it's everybody's right. Um, he's a tireless advocate for that. And I listen to him when he says that, uh, but that's fun that you guys know him too. We got to come to Wisconsin at some point. <laughs> I almost made it to a conference there once and then I don't know what happened. It didn't happen. Well, your so. son can come and paint cows, Nancy. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. 
Right, Nancy? There's cows in Wisconsin. Why can paint away? Uh, absolutely amazing. We just really want to thank you guys for the work that you're doing and, and the help and support. It's funny, usually around this time of year, we always do a show about what you can do, because right now a lot of our kids are in extended school year, but then that ends in about a week and a half and people are left at a disadvantage for the rest of the summer. And, and I always, as a former teacher, I, I, that always makes me nervous because summer is the ideal time to catch up. If you're trying to work on a skill and get a little bit ahead, summer is the time to do it. And um, so I, I think that both of your books, wonderful resources, and I, it's never occurred to me to tell them to, to go to teachers, pay teachers, but that's the perfect place to find things. If you're doing homeschool or, or trying to catch up on something to get the materials that have already been created by somebody who's creative. And it's sometimes it's a dollar. Mm -hmm. To be able to buy a worksheet that can make a big difference in your child or teenager or young adult's life. Absolutely. So thanks for reminding us. Tell us again the name of your Teachers Pay Teachers site. It is TeachersPayTeachers.com uh, store backslash mind, body, and success. There we go. And Traven's right. got it up on the screen for those of you who are watching um, the video podcast. Uh, uh, again, and then where can they get the books? Amazon. Yep, Amazon's going to be the, the quickest, easy, or future horizons for the autism and depression and awkward. And if you want the online version of the star assessment, that's thestarassessment.com. You both are doing such great work. You're just so prolific, and we really enjoyed having you here on the show to talk about uh, all of your endeavors, and we wish you the best of luck in the future. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for your impact on this community. Absolutely. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. You, guys you as well. too. All right. Take care. Bye. I don't know. Nancy, I always get so excited when we see brilliant people who have devoted their lives to helping our families. I Just, know. And they're so young, too. Look at all they've already accomplished. I know. It makes me so happy. I always used to have the thing where I, I would go to sleep at night and there were, there were years when I just felt like I was alone, that right. I was on Mars by myself. And I just thought, why isn't somebody doing something? And it took me years to understand that there were people like these people who were behind the scenes doing things and that I had to, I had to be looking for them. Right. Sometimes you trip across them, right. but I had to be looking for them. So um, but then when you meet them, it's just so life-affirming. It is. Uh, and I know you've had the experience. I, I remember once being on a plane and um, I heard the people in the two seats in front of me talking and I, I, you know, your ear just starts to tune in and I thought I heard the word autism. And then, and then I leaned forward and I realized they were talking about autism. They were two professionals talking about autism. So as the plane landed and we were all standing up to deplane, I said, hey, I heard you talking about autism. What's, what were you talking about? And, and met, you know, two incredible professionals. Uh, one of them, the one woman said to me, I don't think you realize this guy is like the person working on music and autism. It was just really exciting to meet them. Uh, and we're not always on planes to meet people. So it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing a show was so that we could bring people like this to people so that you could trip across them too. 
Uh, I'm not I'm not eloquent today, but you get what I'm saying. I get your message. And I've met many people on planes with children with autism yeah. that, you know, I've spotted that fact and then bonded with them over the plane ride. So uh, did you say something and, and or did they say the word autism before you said? Something? Well, I remember one particular incidence where I was seated next to a mom and her older son who looked like he was in his early 20s. And he was talking back and forth with her and he got up to use the restroom and she turned to me and she said, autism. She goes, it just, it's a journey, something to that effect. And I said, well, I understand. I have a son who's autistic as well. And uh, her son was on the spectrum and she told me how well he's doing now. And um, so we bonded over the plane ride. Isn't that Um, amazing? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And, and once you're part of the community, everywhere you go, every place you are, you're going to meet people um, because autism is worldwide and, it and, is. and it affects almost everybody. And if it doesn't affect someone now, it will um, because they're gonna, they'll find that they love somebody who's on the spectrum. Um, we, we have a couple of minutes before we go. And so I haven't had the opportunity on Let's Talk Autism um, to say that uh, I have written a book that the reason why I said earlier that I'm a big fan of Future Horizons, my book is out as of this week um, from Future Horizons. It's Autism Parent to Parent. The subtitle is Sanity Saving Advice for Every Parent with a Child on the Autism Spectrum. And I do hope that that applies because all the chapters aren't for everyone. Um, and what this book really is, is everything that I've learned over the last 16 years, some of which will be useful to some of you and other things. And I say in the beginning, take what works and throw the rest away. And it's not really meant to be read cover to cover, but it's full of chapters. You'll love this, Nancy, because um, one of the chapters is gratitude and farting rainbows. Uh-huh. That, that's right. one of the things you've accused me of before that right. I, that I uh, think that, uh, that it farts rainbows, but I address that in the book. And there is an acknowledgement in here. And in fact, Miss Nancy Allspot Jackson is acknowledged um, as one of the people that's been instrumental in our journey. Thank so, you, Shannon. We are so proud of you for writing this book and it's such a great resource. And I'm sure I it's hope, I hope it is. I hope it is. So many families. Well, I do think that there's something for everyone in there. I think that there are parts of it that are going to tick people off because that's what I do. And, um, you know, really, which, part, which parts do you think will piss people off? Um, oh, I think that there are several parts. Uh, I think that, you know, I'm a very big fan of ABA. Right. But I'm a very big fan of good ABA. And that I think that there is a lot of bad ABA that's out there. And I acknowledge that in the book. And I, but I say that I think that everybody should give ABA a try. Mm-hmm. That ultimately, maybe it isn't for you, but you won't know unless you try. And that, I, but in my heart of hearts, I believe that everyone can make progress with ABA. Um, just not the same amount. Right. And, and that's hard. And, and I, I think that one of the things that I say in the book that is definitely going to tick people off is that I say that there are people who will try to prevent you from getting ABA. They will try to talk you out of it. And sometimes there's a chapter in here that's called self-advocates. And I say in here, I love self-advocates. I absolutely love them, but that they don't always love me. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I am listening. Uh, I, and I apologize all the time because I say things from time to time that offend. It's never my intent to offend ever. Um, but sometimes I do say things that are offensive and that I frequently apologize. And, but that, but that doesn't stop me from continuing on. And um, because I, I, I found a lot of good things and I, and I feel the need to share them. But one of the other things that I wrote it and I thought, oh, this is going to tick somebody off. But sometimes you will meet, and I'm sure that you have met these people, Nancy, you will meet parents who will say to other parents, oh, don't do ABA. We tried ABA. Don't do it. It, it doesn't work. And I say in the book, I think that parents need to be wary of who they take advice from. And that sometimes parents weren't able to do ABA for various and sundry reasons. Their life wasn't set up for it. We don't need to judge those people, but we shouldn't allow them to stop us from getting good ABA. And, and that the phrase that I, that I went, oh, that's going to offend somebody is that the people who say the loudest don't do ABA with your child. Um, I, I've never met a parent whose child was doing all the things that we hope our child will do that said that. Right. Um, that's just, that's just my experience. And, um, you know, I've, I, I've met lots of parents that did ABA and worked their tuchuses off and their child did not get to where they had hoped in their first right. days. Right. I've seen that happen, but I have never, ever seen a parent whose child was doing so well that it was like so remarkable that we all went, okay, this, I have to know what this family is doing that didn't do some element of ABA. I have not mm-hmm. experienced that. Is mm-hmm. that true for you? To answer yeah, that just- I think that's true. Um, I, I, I think it's hard to find uh, a child who that it hasn't had, that has had intensive ABA that hasn't benefited from it in some way. Um, for example, with my son, we maybe did not get to where we wanted to, but I can see in many uh, instances where he's benefited from it, where his Absolutely. behaviors have benefited from it. Absolutely. And I, and I, but I think that it's important that families understand the difference between bad ABA and good ABA. And I go through that in the book and I, and I tell them, I want you to know what you're looking for so that you can advocate for the right thing. Um, but we are out of time. Uh, but anyway, my book available uh, today everywhere. Um, I hope you guys will check it out. And if you like anything that's in there, I am told that if I can get a hundred reviews on Amazon, that it's the most helpful thing to help other families be able to find the book. So I'm begging and pleading, please give me a review on Amazon. Uh, It's much, much, much appreciated. Anyway, we are back next week with a whole bunch of new shows. I think tomorrow we're playing uh, one of our pre-recorded stories from the spectrum. One of the ones that we played before, but they're good. We've got a new one that's coming. I can't wait to show people such good stuff um, coming in next month. But then we'll be back next week with all new shows. Nancy, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me, Shannon. It's been a pleasure to post with you today. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And yourselves a hug from me. Bye-bye. For now.